Welcome back, everybody. In a minute, yes, sir. We got the Lions flags going, the Kool Aid pumping. It's a Wednesday today, August twenty third. Nice old Michigan evening, Texas, if you're Julius. But um, got a little double action recap of preseason game one and game two. As you guys know, we didn't do a show last week. Just was tied up with some things. And ultimately, we figured we could just put it into one episode. So uh, there was some news and notes about the Lions. Just going to dive right into it. We cut three guys, had injury settlements with all three. But two of them were kind of notable. Notable. The one that didn't really matter, Savion Smith. Uh, he played it in a couple games last year. He's most notable. He had that weird concussion injury, really scary injury, where he, I think he got stretched off the field or something. But he's fine. He got injured, sadly, in his second preseason game. So we waived him. But the two that kind of will have an impact on this roster are Denzel Mims, we waived. It will not cost us anything. Brad Holmes worked his magic and said, hey, if we have to cut this guy, we're not giving you guys a draft pick. So that's how it went. Uh, don't give up any draft capital for that trade we made. But now that opens the door for a wide receiver six spot. We have guys like Chase Coda, Dylan Drummond slowly emerging, so we'll get to them later. But finally, uh, Mo Ibrahim, potential RB3 candidate, maybe sneak in there, kick Craig Reynolds out. But all of a sudden, Justin Jackson retires. Mo Ibrahim goes, uh, has an injury settlement. And now this running back third spot could go to a familiar name in Jimmer. Jefferson, always hard pronouncing that first name, um, or Craig Reynolds, good old, old reliable. But boys, with those two names, uh, which one do you think is the more impactful and more impactful for who? That's a good question. I uh, I like them both. I honestly was never really a big Jefferson fan, but he's had a couple impressive runs that I didn't mind in this preseason on uh, the first couple games so far. However, Craig Reynolds is Mr. Reliable, and we love Craig Reynolds on the show. In fact, I love Justin Jackson a little bit more than him as I drafted him over Craig Reynolds, uh, but that did not come to fruition. My seven-on-seven seven has now become a six-on-seven, uh, but I really like Craig Reynolds. I do. I really, really do, and I would take him over uh, Jamar Jefferson, but I'm okay with either. I'm good with Craig Reynolds, I believe he is a pretty – I don't think he really has gotten his shot really to be a big-time producer. I think Justin Jackson took over that spot last season and like the running back three spot, which is pretty important in this offense because of all the different formations of Ben Johnson and, uh, and whatnot. I could see Jameer uh, Jefferson making the roster along with Craig Reynolds and Jason Cabenda, friend of the show, not making the roster. Uh, I just got a feeling that Cabenda's right there on that bubble and it's not being talked about enough. And he's had some drops in the preseason and not the bravest reviews uh, in, in training camp. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions go with them both. Man. Yeah, I, I think um, Craig Reynolds, is he's got to definitely be feeling the best out of probably anyone on this team, maybe, just because he was in jeopardy for a bit. And then all of a sudden, Justin Jackson retires, and then Mo Abraham gets the injury waiver. So uh, Craig Reynolds, we know what he is, all reliable. 
He seems like he should be that RB3. But yeah, Julius, um, anything can happen. I do think Kabinda will squeak in. He hasn't had the best performances, but he's been there since the start. And I, there's not a lot better to replace with, especially with these injuries and retirements. But ultimately, I think Denzel Mims, that injury slash uh, wave was more significant as to the wide receiver six, six spot opens up. And there's two guys, Chase Coda and Dylan Drummond, who were kind of undrafted, low, no-name type dudes who are starting to ball out. And maybe they turn into just, you know, Tom Kennedy, which is fine. Or maybe they turn into, you know, something like a Hunter Renfro or something special like that. So ultimately... It'll be interesting to see what happens. Hmm. I love the wide receiver position, and I love Coca-Cola. He is my favorite. I love that nickname, too. Thank you. And uh, I'm all about – I was screaming it at the preseason game when he was catching a bunch of balls during the first game. And uh, Coca-Cola! Oh, <laughs> but um, he is good. Dylan Drummond's good, too, for sure. But Chase Coda is, like, the man. He He – he has the potential to be like our Chris Durham. You know what I mean? Do you remember Mike Fury? Like these like Ooh. these guys that really come through weeks 12 through 14, 15 when injury has plagued us. Um, it might even be earlier than that with J-Mo being out for the first six weeks. We might need more from Chase Cody. And I think we're going to see that. And I know right now we're not seeing Josh Reynolds and Cliff Raymond and Marvin Jones and Amonra St. Brown. But really – I think Chase Coda is better than anyone except for Amonra St. Brown. I would like to think that Josh Reynolds and Marvin Jones are better. I would like to think that. But at Marvin Jones's age and Josh Reynolds, I guess I would just say resume, even though he's a good wide receiver, I just there's something about this Coca-Cola kid that I think can be like a wide receiver three on this team. Not a slot guy, but just a wide receiver three. A very, very important depth piece. He looks the role. He looks the role. I, I don't know what it is. I agree. He's he's fit very well. If it's Sudfell throwing the ball, if it's Teddy throwing the ball, or if it's Goff throwing the ball. He looks good with everyone. So he's a guy that I do feel like can mesh well with everyone. Um, Drummond, I kind of am with you, Nick. I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to having him on the practice squad kind of as that seventh, eighth guy. Amen. And, you know, if something happens, giving him a shot. But I just think, yeah, Coca-Cola, he's, Coca he's earned it, baby. Mm. I'm not as optimistic about you, uh, about the wide receiver group as you guys, actually. I'm kind of worried about the death uh, if we were to lose Amon Ross St. Brown just for even a couple games. I'm not sure. I'm sure other teams would find it easy to – kind of shut down our intermediate passing game. Um, we've seen it in the past when that happened. Uh, early last year, we lost some on Rye for a couple games, I think against the Cowboys and the Patriots. I'm not I'm not sure, but we, we couldn't do anything. Jared Goff couldn't do anything, and it was because nobody else could get open like he could. So I like Coda, and I like Drummond, but I'm not seeing enough for me to be – Confident we have somebody else other than Amon Ross St. Brown. That's I can't so even say that about I can't even say that about JMO yet. That's very true. There's I can't we can't fault you for saying that. And it's funny because that's how I've been all offseason. I'm like, we have to add DeAndre Hopkins, we have to add Odell Beckham Jr. We have to add anyone <laughs> who we can. 
I, I don't know if it's just like the Kool-Aid's really starting to flow through me right now because we're only 15 days away from the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Detroit Lions week one, game one. I don't know. But this you know what it is, guys? Is growing on. It's growing on me. It's a Monroe St. Brown, guys. That's what it is. With him, guys like Khalif Raymond and Josh Reynolds are even more dangerous. You're right. But without him, they're just who they are, which mm. is enough for teams to handle. We hope that Jamison Williams will become another guy that teams must fear in this way because it just makes us that much better. I got I got to bring this question up because we I mean Adam I'm so sorry you probably already have this too already but like now that you're doing a transition this right into JMO we have to talk about it. we haven't been able to talk about it before. Well, so of course yes let's um, get into that we got all the viewers well it starts out with did you guys hear the Dan Campbell joke oh man this was great comes out and says got some news on Jameson Williams looks like his injury is going to keep him out for the first six weeks of the season. So I was like, ah, Dan Campbell, you funny guy. Yep. <laughs> he obviously has to be out the first six weeks due to his gambling suspension. Yep. But, um, you know, we'll like to think of it as it's it's an injury. He didn't do nothing wrong. He would have missed these six weeks. So, But, yeah, no, this is interesting because obviously we drafted him with a leg injury. He had that first little hammy, something small, missed like one to two uh, days and then was right back in. And now it's, I believe, a hamstring injury, and he's now being shut down for preseason, and which was talked about where, you know, you might be thinking, well, of course they're shutting down J-Mo. He's a first-rounder. You know, he's the guy that we need. Well, we already announced that we were going to be playing him as much as possible. So it's not like we're, you know, being overly cautious. This is something where Dan Campbell was like, hey, if this hamstring pulls up in the third preseason game, there's a chance he he misses like actual weeks even with the suspension. So we, we saw the first week, we saw what he, we can do. I think you know they don't they didn't want to get cute with it. I do believe JMO could have probably played this third preseason game. Um but I'm I'm glad he's sitting out. I'm glad we got the first at least full action game. I used I think like 60 snaps he played. Julius definitely won it out of all of us. I think he had seven targets. He obviously had that one tough drop, but he had a nice one-handed two-point conversion in the end zone, um, redeeming himself. So ultimately, I'll kick it to you, Julius. Are you is this is this something to be concerned about, or is this is JMO earning a injury-prone title? I don't know what to make of JMO yet. Because he has such a weird situation of his reasoning for not being on the field. First, it was the injury out of college. Then he played for a little while, and you can see that he was that he had something, you know, worth what we were, you know, what we needed. However, it wasn't enough. Come this season, then he get the suspension for gambling. Like, oh, okay. Well, at least we get to see him go off in the preseason. Ha <laughs> ha. Remember that? Uh, that didn't happen. We saw one game where he barely did anything. I mean, he dropped a pass. That was, you know, and you could still see what he could become, which is this field stretching, you know, weapon, which would be great to have. We just have not seen that. So until we see that, Jameson Williams is the great unknown. 
And I don't even want to talk about Jameson Williams. That's how unknown he is. I just rather talk about Amon Ross St. Brown, Khalif Raymond, you know, guys who are on the team, Sam Laporta, and just hope that JMO's injury heals. And then we'll see on week seven. We'll see. That's the word. I, that's the motto for Jameson Williams the rest of the rest of the way. We will see. Man, am I the only one that's back in JMO still? I feel like I might be these days. Everybody else in the world does not want anything to do with JMO. Like the the bit the thing was because we didn't get to talk about it after the first preseason game. We didn't have a show due to things and that. But we saw a really bad drop. It was a really bad drop. It was really, really, really bad. But that's okay because he did it in the preseason. And it's to me, it was just the first throw, first pass, first big catch opportunity of 2023. And he dropped it. And that's gonna happen. That's just okay. That's okay. Honestly, like I understand that rush, that emotion, that you know, first round pick, he should be catching everything. It's like, okay, I'm gonna give him the break. I'm gonna be like, that's okay. He does totally redeem himself with a one-handed catch for a two-point conversion while the other guy's dragging his other arm down. That's a one-handed people are like, he can only catch with his chest. He can only catch with his chest. Yeah. Huh, he just caught it with one hand. Dude, it's gonna be just fine. The six weeks is tough. The six weeks suspension is tough. We've talked about it all offseason. That is not what we want to see. But ultimately, when he comes back. He's not Amonra. He's. I don't think he'll ever be better than Amonra St. Brown. Amonra was an amazing find. He's just. He's the. He's like. I don't want to compare him, but he's like Chris Carter almost. That's how I feel. But that means Jameis Williams can be our Randy Moss. He. I'm not trying to say he's Randy Moss, but he can be that connection because Amonra St. Brown and Chris Carter were so good at catching the ball. You allow this deep threat, and as long as you have a Dante Culpepper to throw that ball deep to Randy Moss, then you're good. What scares me about JMO is we're going to get all this. JMO's not catching the ball enough. JMO's not doing this enough. Jared Goff can't hit him. Like, or, you know, is, is putting up there. JMO's not. If Jared Goff isn't Dante Culpepper, I'm sorry that you're going to have a Jared Goff-type wide receiver, which is really good for him on St. Brown, in my opinion. I, I think it's like it's just it really fits who Jared Goff likes to throw to and how – he fits the, uh, in as a quarterback. We've seen Jared Goff make Cooper Cup very good and still throw bombs to Robert Woods and Bobby Trees back in the day in, with the Rams. We've seen him do it with the, in Detroit. And we're going to see what James Williams, but I don't think it's going to be enough for the fans to think James Williams was worth this trade-up, was the best thing in the world. I'm I'm so like on board of just giving him time. This injury stinks. Do I think he gets the injury-prone tag? Maybe. But Keenan Allen was pretty injury-prone the first few years. And I'm not saying, again, comparing the two of them, just it's another example to just wait and see. I'm not trying to Ebron this guy. I, I want him to succeed. And obviously, all Detroit Lions watch this show. We have had plenty of them on who verified that they've seen at least one episode because they did one with us. But uh, so I assume that they're watching here, and I think Jameson Williams is watching going, yeah, I don't fucking need to hear any more negativity out of anybody. I'm going to go do my thing, and I believe that he is going to be super special when he comes back. I I just don't care. I don't care about this little injury. I don't care about the couple little injuries, the, the gambling. None of it is weighing on me right now. 
when he tears his ACL someday, then I'm going to be like, oh, shit, then, you know, but. Yeah, right yeah. Now, single-handedly I, changed my mind, Nick. You just changed my mind about JMO. I want to publicly apologize live on air to Jamison Williams. We love you, University Jameson. of Alabama, Detroit Lions wide receiver, for yeah. doubting you until you can fully prove it. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Nick. See, where I'm at with JMO is, well, before I dive in where I'm at, um, my dad makes a great point. We thought Stafford might be glass early on, too. Different position, yep. different kind of scenarios where he kind of actually smashed his collarbone. But Stafford pulled out. We mm-hmm. trusted him mm-hmm. and gave him the benefit of the doubt, and it worked out. And the good thing about JMO is – Did it work out? I mean – Did it work out? Well – I don't think it really worked out, but I get what you're point. saying. It was fun. It was <laughs> fun. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there was a lot less fun than there was more fun during uh, the Stafford era. But again, I get what you're saying. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Um, J-Mo, for me, I believe is going to be a bust or a superstar. I have already made that up in my mind. I think the media is going to either destroy him and eat him away, or he is going to bounce back like a superstar, like – Tyree Kill did with all his, you know, media hate and just show your play. And once you do that for a few games, you gain everyone back. So J-Mo can just literally make it through this season without just like imploding. Because I do believe if J-Mo implodes in these six games, it's going to get ugly quick. But if he has a couple games where he's just flashing, this dude will be talks. Jameson Williams is the new He's what the Lions needed. Six and one Lions get another victory off of a hundred yard Jamison Williams yard game. So I I can see it now, but all these little things, it's just like, oh man, like I agree with you, Nick. We're just at the point where we will see. You just you just have to wait till week seven because there's not much we can do right now. But ultimately. Dude, freaking Packer fans invading our show, damn it. We man. have Packer fans, we have Bears fans, oh. we got them all jumping in our Yeah, show. they, they got to try to get the inside scoop on the Lions. Hey, they know where to come. Can we get a Packer fan come on the show, explain to us uh, this Jordan Love, uh, how they're feeling about this Jordan Love character? I wonder. I wonder how Green Bay – I think Green Bay is so quiet right now. Like, they're just like – they don't even know how to act. So, Green Bay fans are just, like, super quiet right now. They're, they're hoping Jordan Love it. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. All right, boys. Um, Before we dive into the preseason game two, let's talk a little bit about game one. The Lions looked good. And honestly, both of these games, we'd compare them both because it was kind of a tale of two games where this first week – the Lions were playing the Giants. We dominated them in the, the uh, crossover training uh, practices. And then we bring it to the field, and everything looks good. JMO obviously had that one drop. But also another thing, Nick, I believe you posted this video. On the fourth and like one, fourth and three play that we ran toward for Sam Laporta right in the beginning of the game, JMO straight up burned Deontay Banks. It was just a nice, easy little fake in and out. But oh, it was so smooth. And if broke, the play was directly for uh Laporta, I think you know JMO gets a touchdown there. But it, it was good to see. It was good to see. So game one, we played the Giants. I'm gonna say it first. The thing that I took away, the biggest notable was the Okor brothers. Those dudes tore it up, Julian, especially with three sacks. Absolute monster. Romeo added a sack as well. 
So if we get any type of play like that, oh, man, these guys will be studs. But I do find it interesting. There's been a little rumors that the Giants are possibly interested in Julian Okora. So, Julius, I'm going to hit it to you. If the Giants offer us a sixth rounder for Julian Okora, and he's looking like a guy that will probably make the team but probably won't see a lot of play time, are you pulling the trigger, or would you like to see him, you know, as a deep rotational guy? I'd rather get that sixth-round pick for Romeo Okora. As you can see under my headline, you know, I'm more, I'm a at this stage, at this stage, maybe not a year ago, maybe not a few years ago, I'm a bigger fan of Julian Okwara than Romeo Okwara. Uh for a couple reasons. I think Julian Okwara right now is more explosive in the pass rush. I mean, and we've seen it. He can even move outside as an off-ball linebacker into coverage if you need him. Not so with Romeo. Also, Romeo has a nice little uh contract cap hit i'm not sure how much it is but is this is i think this might be his last year remaining anyway so that might not be that big of a deal but uh he's just julian gore is younger he's more affordable and he's more explosive so i'd rather take the sixth rounder for romeo however i wouldn't be too mad about julian if it happened you know because the depth at defensive end is so great right now with the Lions. Uh, that's crazy to say. Some of these things that we be saying on this show is almost alien. You know, that the Lions' edge death is just, you know, they seven deep, eight deep right now. You know, we got Julian Houston battling for a roster spot. Julian Houston. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I do not. I'm not. I am not bullish on the Okoras. I I I get in week one they did have a lot of sacks, right? Good amount of sacks. Julian Okora won't make this team. I don't care if he puts up three sacks again. I I I would I would bet a lot that he won't make this team. Last week against the Jacksonville, he got stiff armed so hard by Dearness Johnson that his soul <laughs> left his body, and I was like, all right. Time to get him off the field, dude. He is not it. He's not his brother. I, I disagree with Julius, and I would say that I would at least prefer Romeo Okora if we got to keep both, but I honestly don't think either of them make the team. Our de- our defense line depth is amazing, and hot I think take. Them fits. Hot take, hot take. Yeah, it is hot take. Yeah, yeah. it's spicy. And but, I meant uh, James Houston, not Julian Houston. James Houston. We all knew what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> we all, we knew what you meant. James Houston been looking good though. I'll tell you what. Well, you know who else has been playing pretty good too? Uh, who we did bring back? Good old Germ. Jalen mm-hmm. Reeves Maven. He was kind of oral liable. And if you guys do remember, I don't was it hard knocks? I I, I don't think he was on hard knocks, but I remember Campbell. It might have been inside the den or, or some sort of there was some sort of video where might have been even a press conference, but Campbell raved about Jalen Reeves Maven and called him germ and was like, this guy's germ and pretty much just established that title for him. So this is a guy that, you know, coaches like as well. And same position as Julian O'Quarrow. And like you said, Nick, uh, we got a lot of depth here. I know uh, Levi is an interior piece. No core brothers are more out exterior, but um, defensive line depth is defensive line depth. And if it's looking like, we might keep an extra, you know, interior dude than an outside guy that I think that might be the road to go. 
Um, one dude that I'm just going to jump way to the opposite, not opposite side, but <laughs> great transition there, Adam. Linebackers. <laughs> oh, okay. Jack Campbell. Okay. I'm stealing your thunder, Julius. Have to mention him. Jack Campbell. Uh, Julius, you fed us the Kool-Aid. I was a little, you know, optimistic. Okay, maybe this dude, you know, he'll be good. But no way, he's going to be a superstar. Preseason game one, preseason game two. This dude's just playing perfect, filling gaps, making tackles, just looking great. Nick, you're making a face at me. Keep going, bud. Ah, man, Jack Campbell, I believe he's playing like a first-round pick. And I believe by week eight, he will have every critic, every person who said, this guy could have been drafted in the second. Why didn't they take him in the second or the third? No, 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 no. Dan Camp, or not Dan Camp, Brad Holmes knew Jack Campbell was special. He knew I can't be the only one thinking this. There's other GMs thinking this guy's special. They know this guy's special. I got to take him because there will be another GM that jumps the gun, just not as hard as I will. Give me Jack Campbell. So he's a dude I'm fired up about. But Nick, what are you smirking about over there? Yeah, I, I like Jack Campbell a lot. He's going to be really good. Um, I just thought that in, in week two of this preseason, he had a couple good tackles, threw one of the running backs around like a rag doll. He missed some plays, man. He's still young. And being a young linebacker, you are going to get eaten alive quickly. You will be in the wrong spots quickly. It's got to come quick, 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 quick. Um I think he's going to be really good. I just do not have the utmost expectations. Honestly, all of year one. All of year one, I really don't have it. Like, Jameer Gibbs, our other first-round pick, I expect – I have very high expectations year one because I don't know how long – I think Jack Campbell's going to be here for a decade. I think he's going to be very Chris Spielman-ish. I think he's following in, in, in like, that kind of pathway, especially with Spielman being here and talking him up and everyone talking him up. I – like Jack Campbell, I really, really, really do, but I don't know. I think I'm I'm pumping my brakes, and in fact, I'm expecting Derek Barnes and Rodrigo to outperform him this year in a good way. Not that Jack Campbell is going to be like that bad. I just think those two guys know this um, defense and are ready. To, and Jack Campbell will come in and make these stellar plays. He will get burnt on a few other plays. Those two, I think, are going to be our more consistent. I know it's kind of weird to hear Derek Barnes, consistent linebacker. He has been looking very good, and I have faith in him along with Rodrigo, along with Reeves Maven, along with however we want to put these linebacker edge rushers all around this defense, this ever-moving, changing defense. So I like Jack Campbell, but like I am not ready to crown him superstar yet. I really I saw too many mistakes in a preseason game, which is what mistakes are there for. I mean, it's it's they're supposed to happen there. It's okay. Like I'm not dogging them by any means. I'm just not ready to crown them yet. All right, that's fair. It's fair. Julius, what say you? I really like Jack Campbell. I think I've mentioned that on the show before. I think he's going to be all pro as a rookie. Can you show us I, your Jack Campbell tattoo real quick? I, I can't show you that, but oh, okay. my, 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 my tattoo guy is done with the sketch. I'll definitely put it out on, on our Twitter page. <laughs> but, uh, I think Jack Campbell is just going to be just fine, along with Jameer Gibbs, along with Brand. Ben. As a matter of fact, those first four draft picks, I think it's possible that Brad Holmes drafted four impact rookies <laughs> with those four picks. Crazy. If he did that, 
we'll see what happens. But that's what it's looking like. I, I'm not. I'm not worried about preseason mistakes and stuff. I'm just looking for flashes. You know what to I'm be, saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I just wanted to real quick follow up on your 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 top four guys being impact starters. You yeah. could even go as deep as five. Broderick Martin could take over Isaiah Bugs spot. And I don't think that's be- crazy. I'm trying to be humble with the four. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, right, 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 right. No, 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 no. I know what you're saying with Broderick, though. Go, go ahead and explain about Broderick. Lions have I, seven first round. You're looking at all these other guys, and you know you kind of forget about Broderick Martin, uh, sure Martin third round pick, defensive tackle. So, mm-hmm. like, is there like anything you've been hearing, Nick? Oh, and absolutely, nothing but great things. Uh, and I've, we've seen it on tape through the first. Um, well, actually. Game two, I didn't really see him too much on tape. I haven't gone through and actually you uh, isolated him. I can't talk. But in week one, he was amazing. He looks great. He looks the part. Practices, he's been looking the part everywhere. Broderick Martin is a guy that like, – I love Isaiah Bugs. I don't know if anyone remembers. He was my number one re-signed guy over Jamal Williams, over John Kaminsky, who I now is, by the way, probably like my favorite defensive lineman, maybe even more than Hutch, honestly. like I love <laughs> Kaminsky. He might be my tattoo. Uh, but I loved Isaiah Bugs during the offseason. Broderick Martin is – I think that's him. I think that's it. I think there's a reason why – and I'm not trying to say – Jalen Carter has sounded great and has looked great, and Darius Slay put a stamp of approval on him, and and all these guys are loving Jalen Carter, and he's moving piles, and he's doing this, and he's doing that. If we find a Broderick Martin who is – just as good, if not better, than Jalen Carter, and we found him in the third round. That's a Monmouth St. Brown all over again, and Devonta oh, Smith yeah. all over again. But we didn't need Devonta Smith. We'll get, you know, Penny Sewell, Oops. right? Devonta Smith went after Penny Sewell? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Jalen Waddle yeah. went after Penny Sewell, right? J- Jalen Waddle was yep. first. Yeah. yeah, and Jamar was first. So that's what I'm saying. We didn't need – we got Sewell. We didn't need Smith, Heisman winning trophy winner. Uh, we didn't need Jalen Waddle because we got a modern St. Brown, who I would say is better than both of those wide receivers. Jalen Waddle is pretty comparable, and Devonta Smith is very good. But Could you guys imagine if the Falcons took Penny Sewell instead of Kyle Pitts and they had Penny Sewell uh, and Bijan? I'm glad they didn't. Ooh, what if we would have then took Kyle Pitts because he falls? Which I kind he of have been a bust. Brad Holmes Kyle would Pitts never have done would have been a bust in, the, in Detroit. He yeah, yeah. Brad, Brad Holmes wouldn't have done that. He wouldn't have done that. We probably would have got Jalen Waddle, probably. I will say, Nick, um, you know who has been a superstar who you are absolutely, who everyone's going to agree with me on? Brian Branch. <sighs> if it's training That's camp, if it's a preseason game, if it's a scrimmage, Whatever that man's doing, he is doing it right. Uh, from pass breakups to interceptions to hard hits, just a complete true ball hawk. He He's going to be a guy that him and C.J. Garner-Johnson are going to cause hell for quarterbacks because it's going to be, oh, thank God, C.J. Garner-Johnson's off the field. Rookie Brian Branch, let's attack him. Wrong. Then it's going to be, oh, that rookie, he's a stud. Um, well, I can't really go against CJ Gardner Johnson because he's a proven stud. So it's going to be fun. Brian Branch, I do believe he's got a chance to be the best draft pick. He was looked at as a first rounder. We got him as a steal pick 45. 
And now this dude is blossoming into a true superstar in which come week seven, I tweeted this out, we could have first round Jameer Gibbs added to our team. First round Jack Campbell added to our team. First round Jameson Williams added to our team. And first round playing or playing like a first round, Brian Branch added to our team. All by week seven, getting ready for a playoff push. So if you take this team from last year, throw those four guys onto it. Oh my goodness, I'm excited, man. Yeah. And it's not just Brian Branch. The entire defensive back group, they have all been going off. Tracy Walker, Kirby Joseph, they're just phenomenal. CJ Garner-Johnson, Jerry Jacobs, seatbelt gang even. It's just, it's going to be a complete 360 that I hope some teams are like, oh, Lions were, they were 32nd in pass coverage, you know. Oh, they were 29th in, you know, man-to-man coverage. And then, boom, this year we're top five. We're just one of the best uh, defensive back teams. So, ultimately, I'm loving what I'm seeing from Brian Branch and the defensive backs. Yeah, Brian Branch is it. He is it. It stinks. I don't think there's a way for him to start this year except for injury. And he's so it's, good. He should. He would be starting on pretty much any other team. The one chance he plays a position where it's like throw him in at linebacker, you know, or like he's just playing different positions. Just be like you're good on it. He's so versatile where he could play, yeah, yeah. you know, a slot, a corner, a safety, just all. I don't think we him. need him starting that bad. Let's just let's yes. let, let's keep him up a good sixth man off the bench. But That's exactly yes. It is crazy to me that he's not going to start because he would would start on 31 other teams in the NFL. We just have that good of a sec- or nickelback safety combo. Our cornerback, too, is our biggest position um, weakness, in, and I think in the entire team. Emmanuel Mosley, Jerry Jacobs, Stephen Gilmore, who has been looking good, um, younger brother of Stefan Gilmore, former All-Pro. Those guys have to step up for for cornerback too. Cam Sutton going to do his job. CJ GJ going to do his job. Kirby going to do his job. Tracy going to do his job. Brian Branch to do his job as the sixth man. We need a cornerback too. And that's not Brian Branch's spot. And that's not CJG. You can't just be like, well, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's a cornerback. Put him at cornerback too. No, he's he's a nickelback. That's what he's going to play. That's what Branch plays. That's what it's what we have right now. And it's, it's awesome. But it's weird. It's weird that Brian Branch isn't just going to be like, a starting player, but he's going to be that impactful. I, I, th- there is no doubt in my mind that he won't be one of, if not, if not the most impactful person in our secondary. And he might not even start seven, 16 games, 17 games. I'm really good. Well, I also think real quick, Julius, why he is going to be so beneficial is yes, Nick, he's not going to be starting games. He's going to be coming in as like relief. And yep. you're going to have wide receivers, everyone tired, maybe even some, you know, the second string, third string wide receivers running a couple routes. And those are the guys that Brian Branch is going to eat alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I do believe he's not going to be on a lot of guys' radars. Quarterbacks aren't going to be looking for 32 on the football field. They are going to be, you know, happy that C.J. Garner-Johnson is jogging off the field. And the next thing you know, Brian Branch makes a big play. So, yeah. I'm excited. They might not be able to hide him that long, though. He might force him way, his way into the starting pitcher. You know, we start looking at snap, snap counts week two, week three. I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Branch is on the field 80% of the time. But let me tell you something that attests to the Lions' strength. They're going to have Brian Branch playing special teams. They're going to have Malcolm Rodriguez playing special teams. Mm. They're going to have Julian Elkaroa 
playing special teams. Mm. So if he makes the team, Nick. Mm. So that that just attests to the Lions' death of what 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 what's happened to this this roster in two in really two two off seasons really two drafts two free agency periods has just totally warped everything that Quintricia created and uh it's great to see I hope it works out and I know we're gonna talk about Dan Campbell and injuries and not playing the starters and uh the last in the preseason so I'm not gonna just uh go to that. Right it's, it's a good tease though. It's I, a good I'm tease. Itching, though. I'm itching. He's, he's itching. Transition that, Adam. <laughs> so yeah, Campbell isn't going to be. Well, I wasn't really planned for that one, Nick. Tossed it at me. <laughs> Campbell, I he already announced we're gonna be playing the, the starters in week three. A little bit different. Last year, I wasn't. We talked about this. I can't remember if it was week one or week three in which we fired out some of the starters. But the starters did play, and it was like not just you know. Amon Ra, it was Goff, it was Swift, all the big boys. Everyone was playing. So it's interesting to see this route. I do believe a big part of this was teams had these, like, crossover scrimmages. There was highly intense team scrimmages. And I feel like the coaches were confident enough that that play, this practice, you know, even if it wasn't live game style, it was still reps against another team, reps against our amazing secondary or amazing defensive line that has golf ready without needing a preseason game. And if we need to give a little extra time to Teddy Bridgewater or Nate Sudfeld, let's do it because we've seen the first two weeks. Sudfeld was not pretty week one. We went out and Teddy Bridgewater, he wasn't much better. Granted it was his, you know, first game preseason didn't really play a whole lot. So I'll kind of write that one off, but ultimately uh, this quarterback two spot, it's I, I think it's the spot that we we need to have now. We need to have a guy that's like he's he's our number two. He's you know not he can hold a good he can hold a good clipboard. You know we need a top clipboard holder. So I just I don't want to have you know I I mean I guess Sudfeld's probably gonna cut. But anyways, I don't want to be in a situation where it's like Goff gets a concussion and we're kind of unsure if we should roll out hooker teddy bridgewater or if it's sudfeld still there so i i i agree with trying to have you know the backups get as much reps possible we know what we have in our starters they went on a tear at the last eight games of the season finished strong so why why risk it in the preseason julius take that away i i agree i agree don't risk it at all uh, I think what we're seeing, guys, is the evolution of a winning football team and a winning culture. So I'm trying to think of the teams that I saw play their starters multiple games or multiple uh, drives this offseason. I mean, this preseason. And I'm thinking like the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields and all the rook- the teams with rookie quarterbacks like Bryce Young uh, in Carolina and C.J. Stroud in Houston and Anthony Richardson in Indianapolis. Uh, and and things of that nature. You don't really see the teams that kind of are. Whoa, 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 whoa. I got to cut you off right there. Patrick Mahomes last week went 10 of 15 for 105 yards. No, 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 no. Patrick Mahomes different. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the guy, like, I don't know. Now, if Patrick Mahomes could have got easily got knocked out the game, right? He could have. But they that's, that's a risk that the Chiefs take. 
what other team takes that risk with a guy like Pat Mahomes? Aaron Rodgers playing next week, playing this week, yeah. I guess, on Saturday. Uh, he might he might need it. What yeah, you're I mean, saying is Jared Goff is better than Pat Mahomes. I, I I'm saying that <laughs> Dan Campbell knows what he has, and he doesn't want to risk a meaningless game uh, by playing any – not even just his veteran players like Jameer Gibbs and the, the Brian Branch and these rookie impact players. Just don't risk it because, like you said, Adam, you mentioned all the training camp uh, across practices they're beginning. That's good enough. I mean, the injury report has been pretty clean. Amon Ross St. Brown is a little nicked up. Where our receiver death is a little questionable. You don't need to take it no further than that. And honestly, our offensive line is the most precious, most valuable asset we have. We should do everything we possibly can to make sure we're five strong with uh, Graham Glasgow with make it six deep because we don't have much after that. So no, injuries injuries are a big part of the game, and I know people don't like to talk about it, and it's scary. Everybody thinks about it. I think about it before I go to sleep at night. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> it could destroy your season. It could destroy the team season. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, I have no issue with not playing the starters, not playing the second string, and just playing a practice squad. Boys, Nick, real, real quick before you get into it. Um, we are all fools. We we talked about this before. We should have recognized this before. I should have actually tweeted this when Dan Campbell immediately said we're not playing starters because it is so, so dang obvious why we are not playing our starters. There is one reason and one reason only. It's because we're playing the Carolina Panthers, who we play in the regular season. So there's not a chance in hell we're going to let any starter, any type of talent be shown to the Panthers to be scouted. Hey, if you guys want to, you know, let Bryce Young get a few extra reps, so be it. But you're not seeing how much better Jared Goff looks. You're not seeing a real deal superstar in Brian Branch. You're not seeing the secondary. You're getting nothing except for our backups, who will not be playing when we play you guys when it matters. So I don't know why that didn't hit me in the head right when uh, we start talking about this. But, yes, I do think that's the main reason. I also do think a little injury and, you know, playing it safe plays a role too. But ultimately – you can't show your cards to a team that you're playing uh, week five. They're showing us their cards, and we get a chance to knock out their starters with injury if they want to play with fire and not ours. Hmm. Well, luckily there was two other games before Carolina against teams that we don't play. So if I feel like if we did want to play starters, then we could have played them weeks one or two. That's true, yeah. I get it. I get the injuries. I also don't want injuries to happen. I don't want to them to be even on the field when CJGJ got injured. I think I even tweeted out, don't even practice the starters. Just put, run them out week one. Oh, like wrap them. <laughs> just wrap them all up. That's exactly right. And I I just, here's we can't lose against Kansas City. There is no, we don't start out against the fucking Bears. We don't come out against the Falcons. And it's like, we got a couple drives to get it right. Bijan and Desmond Ritter. No, we're coming out against a guy who just went 10 for 15 for 105 yards and a touchdown last week for the fun of it. Probably because he's just like, I want to go have some fun. (laughs) You can't. Okay, so Dan Campbell's 0-2 in season openers. He's also 0 for 2 on, you know, having starters play in the preseason. Now, we played the Eagles last year. Give me whatever moral or whatever excuse you want. We lost 
week one in a game we could have won and our starters didn't play at all in the preseason. They didn't get it going and like until that game. And we still scored a lot of points. And I and like I like there's a lot of t- twists and turns and different sides. And I'm I'm not trying to say we should play our starters. That's not what I'm arguing. What I'm saying is we better beat Kansas City. And then when we do, I will be like, oh, Dan, you're right. We didn't need our starters playing in week three or week two or week one of the preseason. But if we go out there and we lose by one point or we lose by 40 points, I will think I will think that maybe things could have been better. Maybe this one little thing that went wrong, and that's the reason why we lost overall, could have been better if we had our guys out there for just a drive. Stafford always went out there for a drive, and it was always such a great six for six, 55 yards and a touchdown drive. And he started every preseason game like that. Now, he didn't win a ton in the regular season, so that's not a good basis to go off of. What I'm saying here is that we have to prove that we can win early in seasons, which I believe in the first seven weeks of the Dan Campbell eras in both years, we are 1-13. and (laughs) I thought you were going to say 0-13. I was going to have to fact check you. September 18th, my birthday last year, we beat the commander. I was in... um, Cancun. Anyways, awesome. uh, what a huge parlay bet! Uh, so I'm just saying, we're we're like the odds right now. The the statistics, the the what do you call it when the trend? That's what I'm looking for. The trend right now is that we're very bad in the beginning of seasons. Maybe that's because we're not playing our starters even once in the preseason. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe well, not. Maybe that's just conspiracy. We did play our, our starters last year in preseason. Oh, shoot, we did play our I'm sorry. You're right. I, this whole time I was thinking we didn't even play our starters last year. Well, I guess but, we won a game last year. Well, and, it does kind of make sense in which it, it we played our starters and sorry. we still lost. It didn't really work out. You know, it's not like guys were clicking to the you know full extent, golf throw pick six. Mm. So uh, maybe Campbell's like, you know what? I'd, I'd rather take injuries off the board than maybe right. hoping that a little chemistry boost shoots in to, yeah. you know, week one. Because you also do have a full, pretty much a bye week, which is um, if you do have chemistry going, you know, Amon Ron, Goff are rocking it, it. It probably will die down a bit. It's just football. That's how it works. If you take, you know, that long time off, sometimes you die off. But ultimately yeah. – you proved me right, actually. I, you're right. I'm wrong. Yeah, don't play him. No, but what you were but saying you was, wrong, was right. Where we're trying right. trying something else, where it's like, you know you? what though? You mentioned Pat Mahomes, and he having fun in the preseason, going off on like some somebody's second string defense. Arizona. I believe this Lions team, like the way Dan Campbell and Aaron Glenn and Ben Johnson has been mentally constructed. It's not going to be fun for Pat Mahomes. Like, even if we lose, it's not going to be fun. Like, he's not going to just do that and just like, oh, I'm having fun on the Lions. I believe that they're going to be mentally ready, kind of like what they were last year in their last game they played. So I want want exact scenario of the – not exact. First half exact scenario of the Chiefs Raiders game. Nick, you don't want to talk about and Julius, I don't know if you watched the quarterback series, but Pat Mahomes gets into it with Max Crosby and they they're poking the bear. And I I want to do that. Don't want to get under Pat Mahomes' skin. I don't want to poke the bear. You look pretty good I, when you poke the bear. 
I want to get into a game where it's like, respect us, you know, like yeah. we are not same old lions and hopefully doesn't bite me in the ass. The take doesn't, you know, pop up after week one, but I do think that the lions have every bit of a chance to beat the chiefs. Yeah. It's probably the best chance to play him. Chris Jones likely will not be playing due to his holdout situation um, the whole team is going to be 100% healthy. We have got to scout Pat Mahomes since this uh, week this game was announced. And I do believe the Lions are in prime position to win this game. But, boys, before we wrap it up and get out of here, you got to get the week three preseason predictions. It was a weird one last week. Uh, actually, both weeks were kind of actually 24 16, not too weird, but 25 7. That's, that's an interesting one. Um, uh, Nick, we'll start off with you. Do you think the backups can get it done? And if so, what's the score? I do believe the backups get it done. Not in the first half. I do not think Teddy gets it done. I'm, I'm Teddy, Teddy, Nate. Dude, our backup quarterbacks are bad. Like, that's not good. Teddy's got to got to figure out the system. Like, we, we we need. I don't know what's going on in there, but um, I do think Nate Sudfeld will lead us to a win. Um, fourteen to eleven. I like it. I like it. Uh, I haven't seen much from our backups in the uh, preseason so far offensively, to be honest. Even Teddy Bridgewater was – Yeah, Coda is flashed. I, I definitely I definitely like Coda. He's flashed. It's possible he flashes again. It's just the quarterbacks, right, and, like, the run game. It hasn't dominated, like, kind of like on a consistent basis. Will they do it against the Panthers? It's possible, but I'm going to guess not. I'm going to go to Panthers win, a low-scoring preseason finale, 17-14. to 14. Let's keep that on record because that will probably be the only time Julius predicts the Lions will lose this season. <laughs> you damn right, baby. you damn right. <laughs> They're going to be ready for the Chiefs. Ain't no backups, baby. Uh, yes, I agree. Uh, I think we're going to see a field goal battle. I'm going to go 19-16. to 16. Uh, Riley Patterson is going to win this job on this week. Going to go 5 for five, six, four for four, four five for four with a touchdown. Four four. That's what it would be. That's nineteen. Four for four with a touchdown. So actually, yes, it would be five for five with that extra point. <laughs> so nineteen uh, sixteen field goal shootout. That's what I got. As always, you guys can check us out on Twitter or X now at Honolulu Blues underscore. Check us out individually at Nick Faber NFL for Nick and the fifth top four Julius and. FFB for myself. Boys, we are getting sure Lions got a countdown clock on their website. That's pretty sweet. I don't think we've had a countdown clock for something other than Thanksgiving. But it is ramping up. The season's coming. It's go time, baby. I was trying to play music while you were talking there, and it was just buffering you out. So my <laughs> apologies. I don't know if anyone actually even heard anything you just said there. And that's on me. That's on me. That's bad audio right there. Guys, can you believe we have two weeks left? Two episodes left before we're watching the Lions play the Chiefs. Yes, sir, baby. Can't wait. I'll be in Detroit for the Lions game. Woo-woo! Maybe we'll get a live show in. That would be so crazy if we get a live show at someone's house. 
definitely. We'll get done. Maybe. <laughs> All right, everyone. Go. Bye. Ooh.